Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Good evening. Welcome to this evening's program of the Commonwealth Club of California. My name is Gerald Harris. I am the chair of the club's Technology and Society member-led forum, and I will be your host for this evening's program. On behalf of the club, I would like to thank the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative for their support, uh, which they have provided for the club's digital and online communications. Now let's get to this evening's program, Equity and Justice in the Development of Cities. Our speakers tonight are two people who understand the topic that we're concerned about, not just from some academic armchair evaluation of the issue, but by their decades of hands-on, street-level, pressing the flesh, eye-to-eye, working late into the night, encounters and finding solutions in the real world. It is my honor to introduce them. Reverend Norman G. Fong, former executive director of the Chinatown Community Development Center, focused on addressing issues in poverty, housing, and small business development and support in Chinatown. He worked on issues in his organization for over 30 years, over 10 as leader and executive director. His focus as a leader was to foster community engagement and leadership development as vehicles for fighting for improved quality of life, affordable housing, open space, and safer communities. Norman is an ordained Presbyterian minister since 1981 and serves as a parish associate at the Presbyterian Church in Chinatown. In 2019, the San Francisco Theological Seminary selected him as a distinguished alumni. He also received the White House Champion of Change Award during the Obama administration. Welcome, Norman. Well, you make me sound good. Uh, <laughs> Reverend Dr. James McRae, Executive Director of Tabernacle Community Development Corp., a developer of affordable housing in San Francisco with a focus on slowing the city's out-migration of African Americans. He has been working in this field for over two decades, and his organization has been, info- been involved in the successful development of six major affordable housing developments in the city of San Francisco, which has created over 500 individual units of affordable housing. He serves on the Human Services Commission of San Francisco, whose goals are to promote the well-being and self-sufficiency among individuals, families, and communities within the city and county of San Francisco. He served as senior minister of San Francisco's Jones Memorial Methodist Church for 26 years. I sat in the pew a few times myself. The services in that ministry involved a credit union, building 184 units of affordable senior housing, a charter school, HIV and AIDS health ministry, and a weekly luncheon program for feeding the hungry. Welcome, Reverend McRae. All right. Without further ado, please join me and welcome our speaker. <coughs> so let us get started, gentlemen. And what I want you to do is, is just... Introduce yourself. Say a little bit about yourself, your organization, how you got into this, however you want to sort of set the stage for yourself. And let, let's start, start with you, Norman. Okay. Um, I work for one of the best places on earth called Chinatown Community Development Center. Mm. Yeah, the audience mm. is going crazy. Mm. Anyway, uh, so um, I care a lot about housing because I grew up in Chinatown and uh, lost it, got evicted, my whole family. You get a 30-day notice, my mom goes, what is this? And we had 30 days to find affordable housing somewhere else. Uh, my church, the Presbyterian Church in Chinatown, at the same time around then, was organizing to fight for affordable housing for the community. We didn't get redevelopment funds back then, you know, to do housing. So, Um, I've always felt that the housing ministry is something that's personal and I want to deal with. And Chinatown has some of the worst housing. People live in single rooms, half of Chinatown. And so it's been part of my uh, moral drive, you know, to make sure there's equitable developments, I guess, in our city. And, um, you know, I don't want to talk too long. He's got a better story. But anyway, uh, so... If you want change, mm. you got to do something about it. Chinatown 
after the earthquake, 1906. Today's the anniversary of Loma Prieta, right? Mm. Rock and roll. Okay. But anyway, we, we, we almost lost the whole community. The city wanted to evict all of Chinatown to Hunters Point. Right. That was at that point. Wow. And so there's a, I've learned slowly. I wasn't that smart as a kid. I didn't do that well in school. But uh, I realized, you know, who's, I think, I think it was the Black Panthers that said, whoever is the master planners, right? The planning department, right? They, we got to learn about that. We have to learn how the city works. And our community has been organizing to get engaged. And we have done a great job in doing that. And so I'm honored to be here to talk about equity, justice, development. And, but um, I hope people listen. This is more of, it's after the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Mm. It's a new day. You can't, don't go back to old school. It's time to look at cities and development in a whole brand new way. And I'll stop there. Great. Thank you so much. I just want to encourage the audience to know that I've asked both of these gentlemen to speak from their heart. Mm. So they're going to they're gonna come at you. Reverend McCray, in, introduce yourself. Tell us about you. Uh, my name is James McCray. Good evening. I'm a native San Franciscan, born in San Francisco, California, uh, matriculated through school, high school, attended Reardon High School, went off to college, Morehouse College, called into ministry, served in churches around the country. The last before returning in uh, 1982 was Pittsburgh, California. Returned to San Francisco in 1982 and uh, became pastor of Jones Memorial United Methodist Church. By the early 90s, five pastors, Bishop Donald Green, Mm -hmm. Reverend J. Edgar Boyd, Reverend Calvin Jones, who is right now very ill and we hold him in our prayers, Uh, Dr. Aurelius Walker, and myself, James McCray, we came together and we asked ourselves a question. How was your Easter service? We, for the first time, began to discover that Easter was not going to be standing room only, but empty pews. Mm. And we began to raise the question, what, what is going on? Uh, our churches are at stake here. And it was in that environment that then Mayor Willie Brown, who uh, is a member of Jones Memorial Church or was, uh, called us together and said, you five must find a way to participate in the development that's going to go on in San Francisco in the years to come, particularly in the Western edition. Then we called it Fillmore and in the southeast, which then we called the point. And it was that that brought us together to formulate a corporation called Tabernacle Community Development Corporation. And that was, uh, well, finally formed in 2002. Amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing. Oh, he forgot to mention one big thing. Please. Dr. McCray was also on Chinatown CDC's board. Oh. Uh, Okay. (laughs) And that's how we're connected, man. Well, we got more than that. It was as, and this gets into development and affordable, Mm -hmm. and affordable Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. and becoming an entity to do that. Mm -hmm. Part of what has to go on is you must develop a history Mm -hmm. or what the uh, institution calls um, capacity. And it was as Tabernacle was coming uh, on board in the development arena that Chinatown came to us and asked that we would share with them, uh, learn from them, partner with them to develop Mary Helen Rogers mm-hmm. at 770 Golden Gate. And that, that was just absolutely critical because as we were fledgling, struggling to, to come, you needed a project to begin to help you develop the funds to stay alive. Wonderful. And that was the first. Wonderful. So Chinatown has been our sister, brother, for uh, since our inception. But we needed your help. Too. Well, yeah, we know the politics. <laughs> what was going on. Yeah. Right. Okay, we won't get into the details. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what I want to do is, Reverend Fong, let me direct this question to you because I, I think a lot of 
maybe people, people in the audience, some African Americans, you know, we're, we're familiar with redlining and we're familiar with the GI Bill that didn't give access to African Americans. Uh, some people are familiar with how roads and stuff uh, basically destroyed the black business community in Fillmore. But what about Chinatown? I mean, from your community's experience, give me an example of sort of inequity in development oh, in San Francisco wow. and Chinatown. I got 20, but we'll start, we'll start with a nice, cute one. Mm. When I started at Chinatown CDC, um, I, wanted, I wanted to get youth engaged. And I went to the local high school, got eight youth, and they said they couldn't stand the stench and the smell and all the garbage that was in our alleyways. This is back 1991. So we, we got youth from high schoolers to come show some love to Chinatown, their community, and clean up. And then um, I went to, I forgot, DPW, and asked them, you know, how come you guys don't clean our alleyways? And I couldn't believe it, institutional racism. All the Chinatown alleys were not uh, dedicated for cleaning, uh, regular cleaning, like in the marina or any other alleyways. I couldn't believe it. So we got the chance with the youth and a student from UC Berkeley who did her master's thesis on alleyways. We wrote our own plan, and we got the city to adopt our alleyways, our vision of it. 50% of the residents there had to sign on with it, and we got everybody in our community to make the city accountable for our, uh, our, all our alleyways as well. And so 1990s, they don't have to clean... A neighborhood, you know, street. And just That's your crazy. neighborhood, right? Yeah, it's just, it's probably all over the place, probably uh-huh. in the mission and other places. Uh-huh. But anyway, it, it just mm-hmm. shows that, you know, you got to watch the developments and who gets paid attention to and who's at the table or not at the table. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm so thankful that in the, my, well, 40 years working in the community, I've seen our community get listened to a little more. Mm. A little more. Mm-hmm. And just, it may look like an alleyway that no one cares about, but it's the front doors to our businesses, restaurants, mm-hmm. everything. So, you know, okay, that's one example. Oh, oh, that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let, let me turn a question uh, to you, Dr. McCray. So, what is, for, for, I mean, what is nonprofit faith based housing? Uh, the development corporation. How, how you establish? How are these things sustained? Say more about that for, for people to understand what that is. Uh, well, for Tabernacle, uh, our coming together was out of five pastors coming together, so that uh, our our theme became a text, namely seek the welfare of the city. Mm-hmm. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And, and, and it was that theme from Jeremiah that had motivated the work of, of, of Tabernacle. Our first mission is to seek the welfare of the city, the city of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in specific ways to begin that with the African-American community, which, has which was and has experienced the out-migration. So part of our concern was to develop an, a nonprofit entity that would clearly be for the sake of the community mm-hmm. and that that community would work on affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Now, as we began affordable housing, and we, we remember as we were putting affordable housing meant something. There was a 60% of a median goal. That was part. Then it drifted up to 80, and now maybe it might be 120. But, but the point is, mm-hmm. from 120 or so per, percentage of the median income of the state of California downward, you need some form in this environment of subsidize or subsidy to assist you. So we believe that we could bring that subsidy to folk needing housing through the work of the faith community, as well as through our work with the city's entities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So you gave a little bit of a sense of what, what what affordable Mm. housing means in the, in economic environment. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I remember when I, 
and a lot of my friends, I moved back to the city about seven years ago, and I learned out that the median income in the city was was higher than what I was making. It was like $130,000 or something. It took me a while to get there, you know. But I'm just saying, like, well, so what is affordable housing when yeah. the income? So can you say about a little bit about that, either one of you? It's, you keep it, going. Uh, the only thing I can, it, I can say is here are some numbers that we can think about. Mm-hmm. It, how do we develop housing for people in that? How do we deal with costs? How do we deal with material? How do we deal with land secure and site and, and, and structure? How do we do that? And, and t- so to me, affordable housing is a, con- is a concept. It is a call to the housing community around the country to, to address not the simple and the simple is this. We, we just purchased uh, a piece of land further up Cal- in the California. And you know, everybody's called us, the state, to say, okay, we want you to know now we don't want no affordable stuff. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, yeah. you know this, yeah. this is going to be close to, yeah. to downtown. And th- they, they begin to talk to us about the market and about what, this, what the desire. But our goal is to try to find ways to take, to take that 60% to 120%, which in the African-American community is primarily households headed by single mothers, okay. and help them find ways to, to start up the ladder. Got it. Therefore, a part of the goal has always been, not only are we concerned about the project, but we're concerned about the employment. Mm-hmm. We're concerned about the materials. We're, ter- we're ter- mm-hmm. concerned about where it comes from. We're concerned about who handles it. We're concerned about the community participating so that when the product is available, they have something in their pocket to qualify for it. Got it. Because the problem generally becomes once we mm-hmm. build it, we can't qualify for it. Oh, right. okay. Mm-hmm. So that goes to this question of the, the, the present-day family. Yeah. And you mentioned whether it's a single mom. With, well, I mean, I mean, remember, how, how do you see this? What, tell, tell us about the family, the, the real world, right? <laughs> the real people that you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. So there's a diversity of folks that need help. They can't, you know, they can't afford 60% even mm. in some cases. Mm. The, the, I think the area median income for a single person is 93K in San Francisco. A family of four, it's uh, 100. So people with expensive land, mm. they're not going to build affordable housing unless there is that subsidy. That's, that's what we try to do. We, we've built about 3,200 uh, units of affordable housing in San Francisco. And what I like more is that we've, We've done technical assistance yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. other yeah. nonprofits mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. do it. And we're partnering. Like, we, okay, everyone was talking about homeless veterans. There shouldn't be any veteran on, on the street, right? So we, we couldn't do it. We could do the housing side, but we partnered with Swords to Plowshares, mm-hmm. and that's their mission. Mm-hmm. So these wonderful collaborations like Mary Helen Rogers, mm-hmm. Swords to Plowshares, mm-hmm. and, and, and the mission were working with them to build affordable housing as well. Mm. But it takes a lot. Mm. Uh, sometimes we fought to get land chief. Mm. I remember we organized, to, said any vacant office unit. I remember marching with the homeless and try, trying to get you know, vacant property to be first designated for housing. So that, that's one thing. And then for seniors, they're fixed incomes. What are you going to do? And so we tried to fight for senior subsidies. It's going to be the will of the people that actually forces the politicians Mm -hmm. to create and be creative in uh, helping to deal with it. But in San Francisco right now, I'm worried about the moratorium on eviction. It's ending, right? Mm. Um, I don't know. Is there going to be a wave of evictions in San Francisco? I don't know what's next. And people have lost their jobs, families. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, uh, it's going it, to, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that our definitions of affordability and the income level 
Right. It's going to be really bad. I mean, right. but, but, um, what do you call it? I, I, I always show this. I, you probably can't see it out there, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the it word. Explain it to us, yeah. The word for crisis in Chinese this is one of the few words I know. I grew up here. My mom was okay. born here in 1919. Oh, so my okay. Chinese okay. is not the greatest, but I know this word. Okay. <laughs> the word for crisis is ngai gay. Okay. Ngai gay. That means crisis. But ngai means danger. Gay means opportunity. So in the midst of our crisis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and us pastors have, as Reverend Jackson says, got to keep hope alive. Yeah. We, will, we will be creative, work with the people, and come up with some strategy to, to help uh, build more affordable housing everywhere, though. Not just, yes. right. we, right. we got to do it everywhere. So, so let me ask you this. The, the real people you're talking about, uh, like, for example, there's a, uh, I, I looked into what school teachers get paid in San Francisco. Oh, right. Yeah. And I think it's somewhere between 70, you know, 80,000 dollars, somewhere in there. But if you are a school teacher, and you happen to have a couple of kids and you have to afford child care. Yeah. How, how are you going to afford like a, a house in the right. Richmond that costs one point three million dollars right. or a right. two bedroom, one bath? House. Yeah. So right. You're so not. We're talking about affordable housing. We're, we're talking about real people, right? You're, yeah. you're not. So we see what's happening now. Our population is is going through a downturn as people have to pick up and go where they can live. Mm-hmm. And so they're exiting San Francisco and California, so they say in the news, going to where they can live. It started with the out migration. We thought it was you know, a racially. Mm-hmm. But now we see it, it, it was the first wave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's just. A, so now it's the teachers and the yeah, firemen yeah, and yeah. the yeah. police ranch, raft, ratcheting up mm-hmm. because the costs. It's a tough battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so for for us is we, we've, we've got to keep the discussions on the table. Reverend Fong said it, when folk come to the table, someone has to be there. But what about this reality? What, what a, yes, it can be distracting, but it also can be our source of, of a future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm working on a project right now that, that Malcolm, our new executive director, I see him out there. Sure. Uh, uh, got me excited about new partnerships. The church owns property. They got parking lots. And so we're trying to work with the faith-based community to share the land a little bit. (laughs) And let's build some housing on there. I mean, that's just one idea, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's, got to be ways to... to, uh, I guess excite people to do the right thing, lower the profit margins a little bit because mm-hmm. people want to make mm-hmm. spend more money on what makes money, right? Right. And affordable scares them, <laughs> right? Right. In some ways, but we've been my church fought for uh, um, a HUD two three six project. They don't have it no more, but where a nonprofit can take over the uh, ownership of the of the. Housing, mm-hmm. uh, Chinatown CDC. We just took over public housing mm-hmm. thanks to a HUD program mm-hmm. that helped us more of mm-hmm. later on. I mean, we depend on federal government, state, mm-hmm. local mayor's office, everybody. But what I've seen though is if there's a common will, there ain't nothing we can't do mm-hmm. in in some ways. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a little bit, it's better than mm-hmm. yeah nothing. And, and we've seen Assemblyman Weiner's bill. That uh, scares a lot of the property owners in, in San Francisco. I didn't, I didn't buy this to start chopping it up. But, but it begins to suggest what are ways that we think about the space we have. Mm-hmm. And, and quite clearly, it's going to be have something smaller, something more, what do they say, technically uh, uh, Smart or all, innovative, you know. Right. All that. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we're, government and, and and policies are beginning to look at ways 
to, to get more <clears throat> density, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with dignity. Right, right. Right? Right. Let me raise a, a, a tough issue here because, um, as you know, some of our, the Bay Area has a lot of smart people. So a group over in UC Berkeley has done some studies that indicate that America now is more segregated mm-hmm. than it almost has ever been. Right? And so when we think about how do you deal with bias and prejudice, mm-hmm. right, that seem to show up a lot in housing segregation. Uh, Bloomberg City Lab, which mm-hmm. you know, does a whole lot of city reports, uh, just did a report on how the real estate industry for decades uh, channeled people in certain ways mm-hmm. to contribute to, to housing segregation. Uh, so, you know, is there any way in sort of, as we're dealing with in the real world today, that um, we're going to have to go at that a little bit to really start changing these living patterns in cities? I so the black realtors, mm-hmm. uh, last year or year before, they had a $2.5 million, uh, million, million household goal to put 2.5 million families into homes. Okay, that's the black realtors. They they began to hook up with Union Bank, which has now been taken over by you. And and so all I wanted to just suggest is is that entities began to come together to try to address it. To me, that's 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 the way it has to go. And for us, as a faith-based group, we began trying to involve the local church, particularly in the black community, which is the stable, mm-hmm. be involved in that work of, of housing in your, uh, your, of your community. Mm-hmm. And here are the ways to learn the process. Here are the ways for, for you to develop your land if you wish to. And, and, but we've, we have to move the, inst- the systems a, a little at a time, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. hopefully before the crisis <laughs> hits. There's a group in uh, Berkeley, I think, started in 2007 and they offer I saw it online thanks to you and doing homework right. and uh, they've been talking about um, governments on the state level, city level, federal level being required to uh, re-examine who's, is the ratio ethnic participation on all levels, mm. trainings, mm. right? You know, if if all these policies is done by the same old, same old, it ain't going to change. Right, right. And so we're demanding, and I think that's why we're here today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to push for inclusion. The old days are gone. The Chinese were excluded. Blacks were, you know, enslaved. I mean, San Francisco was part of that movement negatively. I, I, I ain't scared. Of <laughs> right. Our right. own city, liberal San Francisco. There's been policies forever, like the alleyways, whatever, that just mm-hmm. goes on and on unless someone challenges it. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, I kind of liked, I, and I read what the Berkeley Group funded by the Haas Foundation mm-hmm. is doing, and they've, they've forced every city employee in Seattle, for example, to, to have to go through racial ethnic training. Oh, my God. <laughs> Diversity. I mean, every employee of a city. Okay, that was, that, that was a couple of years ago, man. Mm-hmm. But I was reading about there's examples in San Francisco. We're supposed to be good. <laughs> and I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how well everyone is, is first. And, you know, yeah, and yeah. like Dr. McCray, I love him. And when I found that he was involved in the Western edition mm-hmm. with Japantown when they're going through some mm-hmm. stuff, right? And those moments of solidarity are really important, but it's long-term. Yeah. We, we need long-term inter-ethnic, inter-communities participation, yeah. and that's what I'm hoping for, and that's what's going to help cities become more equitable. Mm-hmm. Everybody from the top down mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah. Great, great, great. Now, I have a couple of graphics I'm going to show you guys. Let's see if you can bring these up. Um, there's a, there's a, a new group in San Francisco called the San Francisco Black Community Restor- Restoration Institute. It's a new group they're going to start, and they're studying these issues. And so when we're talking to them, here's, here's a couple of things they share with me. Uh, 
They said, well, you know, if you are a family of an individual, now think about your case, right, as well. In fact, I was told that. Gerald, get a good education, right? Go get yourself a nice job, and you should be able to buy any house that you want, right? I mean, this was the, what I was told, right? Uh, now, when I first moved to San Francisco in 1978, <laughs> I bought a piece of property, yeah. nice condominium. But when we called the real estate guy, he only showed us properties in the mission certain right. areas of town. He didn't show me anything else, even though at the time I was a senior executive at Pacific Gas and Electric. Mm-hmm. Right? So I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe there's more to it than this. So bring up our, our next slide here. So when we really blew this thing out, we say, you know what, it's not the fact that you may be a good guy and you may go to Morehouse or Stanford or whatever, <laughs> and you may work for Facebook or whoever, mm. right? But it's all these other broader issues out here. You were talking about finance mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. the banks, mm-hmm. and the fact that you started a credit union mm-hmm. in your organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Government policies, we, we could go on forever, right? Social and cultural issues, right? There was a beautiful artic- article on the history of Japantown in the Chronicle mm. a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. that went all the way back to the internment mm, right. of Japanese citizens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it just went through some of the waves of discrimination that have occurred in this city, but not just in this city, but all around the, you know, the world, right? And... In fact, recently, as you probably noticed, the city of San Jose apologized right. to the yeah. Chinese community. Sorry, we killed you all back then. Yeah. <laughs> but the apology is to make sure there was no Chinatown right. in San Jose. Right. Right. Right? right. So whether it's those kinds of issues, we can talk about uh, te- technology. We can talk about all these issues. So I just want to let you guys just sort of touch on any of those that you want to touch on. It just comes <laughs> to mind sort of in a... Popcorn-type fashion. Anything you want to talk about in any of those? Dr. McRae, I always follow the leader. (laughs) No. Oh, boy. There's so many. Well, in in my limited um, experience with development, um, it, it has gone like this. We have a product that we want to get manufactured. We called it a smart home. We went out, we worked with smart folk and people doing, and we went to to the bank. And they said, you got any land to do it on? Oh, okay. So we, we, we went out to... Who do you get land from? Hmm. I don't have any in my pocket. You got some in yours? You usually end up having to go to a real estate or someone what's available, let them know what you're looking for, and so on, so on. My, my point. Okay, so that's part one. To do any development, to, to, you, you got to get the land. How do you get the land? That becomes matter number one, and all of those systems you look at, you have to deal with. The second matter then is once you get the land and once you get your concept, once you put together your team that is acceptable to those who, who, who've got to determine your risk value, I guess that's the way to put mm-hmm. it, you, the ability for them to risk your lack of guarantees and for them to supplement. Right. For, them, for them to go through all of that, you've got to put together the top-ranked team. Well, I just started. My contractors have never done anything before. They're trying to get, they just got approved. They just got ready. So now you got to go to the, and hope that they will take on your project, bring on your, Mm -hmm. and they tell you, but I got my own people. I got my own team and I can do it faster and better and quicker and save you money with my people than with your people. (laughs) And the bank says, that's true. You really need uh, Reverend Fong's company because the McRae company, we can't, we can't. So by the time you've moved it through, just as in an individual going, you've lost control. 
So as an entity, and now you have lost control. Mm. So how, how do we find partners who want to, to enable you to get your first house? Right. So that you can begin to participate. Somebody has to decide that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the same thing in the development field. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I agree with Reverend Fong, we, we have to keep working with individuals, bringing on a new people, a new person, a new folk who when they go out to uh, assess a piece of property, they assess it as a piece of property, not that a black people own it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to respond to your Japantown yes. illustration. So I remember those days. It was housing. And redevelopment tore it down. At the same time, Chinatown, um, we almost got wiped out too. But luckily, Chinatown CDC rezoned to protect. Mm-hmm. We're sandwiched between, you know, the financial district and Knob Hill, and they want to, you know, they can make money bu- oh, building yeah. taller, oh, yeah. right? So oh, yeah. it's oh, yeah. stuff like that. So we got smart, you know, they, they tore most of Manila Town down. It, on Kearney Street, it was all Manila Town. I remember playing pool and... Oh, anyway, anyway. But, <laughs> but whole neighborhoods get displaced. Mm. It's whoever doesn't count at the time mm-hmm. and compared to how much money they could make for high-rises. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. There, there are people that still want to build up. When the tech company right. came into Chinatown, we got a little scared. Yes. You know, and, and there were people questioning Chinatown's master plan and its zoning. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. go up. We still have development pressures today. Yes. So at first, some people thought, wait, you guys want to save those old single-room hotels? And uh, it sounded crazy. Like, why do we want to save these old single-room with no bathrooms? And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it was our strategy. Unlike New York and Chicago, I mean, tore down some of those old housing. We save them because they're cheap. <laughs> We, we can uh-huh. we can charge. They're affordable. Right. So, I mean, there's different strategies, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate. Um, and we need more mission-oriented housing groups. Mm-hmm. Faith-based, ideally, I trust them, but I'm biased. <laughs> no, we, but, I mean, uh, we have new partnerships, whether it's the mission or Swords to Plowshare, mm-hmm. Homeless Veterans to do Treasure Island, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. build... Uh, an, a veteran project out there. There's land out there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's the trust and uh, what do you call it? The will of the people, whether it's political or whatever, mm-hmm. that that can, that can do it. So mm-hmm. I'll stop there. No, this yeah. is very good. Longevity, though, is critical. Mm-hmm. And more. building your track record. Yeah. And 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 it's just absolutely. How many have you done? When you sit down on a team on a new project, they say, Tabernacle, what have you done in, uh, let's say, uh, veterans? Oh, well, that's not our area. Oh, like Rev said, you got to go find, you got to find and put together, then you got to develop that esprit de corps mm-hmm. among mm-hmm. the partners mm-hmm. that, so that they could work together and, and, and do the work. Right. Yeah. And homeless veterans is pretty popular mm-hmm. nationally. So we get federal funds, oh, section yeah, eights, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you right. get the picture. You, right. You, you, right. Yeah. right, right, right. And that's the other thing, too. You end up constantly, I know as uh, director, executive director, you're looking for what's the avenue? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's the mechanism? Because the state may have a program, uh-huh. the, the federal government may have a program, the, the uh, city, you're, you're trying to put together those, under the big title, those subsidies right. to try to keep the cost down. Right, right. Now, interestingly, I just shared with the two of you all, and I just came across that the like people we just mentioned here, Shan Zuckerberg mm. uh, Foundation just announced a program where they're helping people, I guess, build these small add-on additions mm-hmm. yeah. to their homes, and they seem to be targeting uh, people of color, right? But this is, seems to be an example of finance, uh, tech. I mean, a lot of things kind of thrown into one. And then there was a big announcement yesterday about the whole state of California is going to be a model for 
affordable housing. Mm. So when you when you guys hear this kind of stuff, what what comes to, to mind when you hear these kinds of things? Is that is this progress or is this what exactly is this? Uh, yeah, you go. speak honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. That what you want. If I had a lot of money and a will to do something like that in San Francisco. I would, I would hear the environmental call that there be 50% participation, that there be local hiring, that there be... And I would then go to that local Chinatown CDC and say, I got $5 billion and I want to partner with you. Thank you, bro. You know, uh-huh. Or tabernacle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that we... we I, I know that I'm coming and going. You all have been here. You know it. Let's do this to strengthen what you're doing, to keep the fight going, because I'm going to move next month. Mm-hmm. That's how they are. I mean, you can right. this, this, the color is green. You get your proposals already. You get down there, and they say, oh, we've changed. <laughs> the color now is red. Right. So, okay, fine. Yeah. Tell us what the, propo- what the color is. Let us have time to get it prepared so we can mm-hmm. get that piece mm-hmm. 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 and be sustained. Because the waste is just going to be so, so much. You, how much you're going to waste trying to start it all over together in this environment again when they've been doing it? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Norman. So uh, I'm, I believe in the good nature of even rich people. <laughs> <laughs> I want it in writing. I want to know the policies and who's benefiting and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I, I, um, the motivation for philanthropy, uh, you know, it, it needs to be tapped down because um, we were really scared. The tech industry and uh, sure was going to hurt San Franciscans and right. rent prices go up. If we're talking about affordable housing, so right. there's a contradiction there. But I, I don't want to be over suspicious. Maybe the Zuckerberg. It's, it's doing genuinely something. Um, Malcolm, you know her, right? <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I, I'm, I need to see the details. Yeah. That's where the devil is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. But I don't want to over... But, yeah. but to, not to stay negative. The positive is they're moving the needle. Okay. They're, they're saying with their clout, mm-hmm. this is something we need to do. Okay. So they do create a a wedge, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for it to be sustained, it's going to take the local coming in and getting on, on the wave because it's going to move on. Right. Yeah, I mean, it might be a great proposal. I I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, sure. I, it, this just came out. It's great. Yeah, yeah. About it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Let me touch on one one two more of these. We can have questions from the audience if there are any. And uh, uh, there's something called. Um, Environmental injustice, mm. right? And but it, 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 Bloomberg Businessweek, they do wonderful stuff. And they had City Lab did a piece on the only rich people have trees, I think was the title of the article, mm. right? Mm. But what they went through and they said, why is it that all these brown, yellow people, right, black people, why are they living always in the worst part of town where there is uh, chemical releases and poor water? I mean, we just had a situation in Michigan where there's another town. Oh, yeah, water. Where the water is bad. And as I was putting this program together, one person said, you know, Joel, I'm not going to be on your program because by the time I talk about the environmental injustice issues that have shaped these cities, mm. you're not going to want to talk to me anymore. Mm. Right. And we have situations here in San Francisco, right? Yes. Yeah. In the baby area, right? So yes, we do. Yeah. So Hundreds just right talk about now, that there is a major concern out in the southeast over where are the homeless going, where are where are all these vans coming from and parking on our streets. This is the southeast. They're not moving to to Pacific Heights and parking. They're being allowed to park in Alice Griffin, mm. where, where, where we are. 
That's our, our property. That's what, what we have to live with in our residence. Who's making a decision? Hmm. So it's, it's been, well, people of color, indigenous, Native American lands, everybody gets side road or I don't know what to call it. It's been the history of land, you know, whether it's redlining or whatever. And, uh, and it goes back to that master planner thing, you know. We've got to get engaged, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I want to see a lot more neighborhoods mm-hmm. organize themselves to fight back in solidarity with others. We've we got to do it more. Mm-hmm. So the mission struggle is Chinatowns, is the Bayviews. Um, I think this is the opportunity, even though it's a crisis, mm-hmm. for that. I mean, it's hard to, you know, just pit one group against another. You were talking about the, uh, the idea that maybe you have an easier time getting a home since you make over 70 or whatever. Yeah, right, right, and, right. You know, yeah. we got played on that. Asian minority myth. They, you know, you know Reagan used it. At the time, because he didn't want to deal with, with uh, uh, you know, blacks putting the blame on whites. So he says, well, look, the, the Asians did it, right? I mean, come on. We said, mm-hmm. uh, Trump, you know, again, using the, the Asian, anti-Asian hate thing, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Chinese mm-hmm. kung flu, whatever. I mean, this all is, it seems to be normal in America. And it's the ugly side of America. I like America, the beautiful, but... There's an ugly side, yes. and we got to break through. And solidarity, I think, between right. neighborhoods too. Maybe there's an alleyway program in the Bayview that we we mix it up a little more. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just uh, believe in, fact, in the sharing. Yeah, in, yeah. In fact, let me just just speak to the audience. Is that uh, you know the Hispanic community has a tremendous history, and so if yeah. people in the Hispanic community that feel they're being left out of this conversation, please call me. <laughs> we, you're welcome to come and tell your side of the story whether it's mission development or even there's a group in the Tenderloin I know. Yeah. So we're, we're, not, we're not here to exclude anybody in this conversation because I mean, this is a long-term, very mm-hmm. complex uh, yeah. uh, topic that, that we're dealing with that has a, a mm-hmm. wide range of issues. Okay. So let me just turn to see if there are any key questions that uh, will come up because I have a few more that I'm going to throw at you guys just in case. Okay. Pardon me? Okay, yes. Okay, so if you're online and you want to submit a question, please do. We have someone who's uh, my friend Leslie who's, who's monitoring all that. Um, so let, let's go back to um, this issue of infrastructure. Um, you know, I used to shop downtown San Francisco at Macy's a lot. Hmm. And for several years ago, the whole front of the thing was dug up. Right, because they had to put a muni line all the way on oh. Stockton Street, you know, to access uh, Chinatown. Right, and I thought, okay, this is a great idea, but you know. So when you were saying that you're concerned about the future of Chinatown, give us the context for the infrastructure there, and is this a good thing? How do you how do you see that? So. Uh... Ninety-five percent of Chinatown folks don't have cars. <laughs> they depend. They depend on that infrastructure, and they, and we organized to get the central subway done. And we've been waiting for years, and we've been hurting <laughs> because of that. But the idea of Lincoln to Biz Valley and Third Street Light Rail, Chinatown, both ways, it's gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna, it could help. Yes. Uh, but right now, no one of us is not ready yet. And then people aren't riding it now because it ain't safe. Uh, th- there's, you know, so many issues that could link our communities together better, mm-hmm. easier to come mm-hmm. to work and all that, mm-hmm. and go shop at Macy's or whatever. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. But right now, it's a mess. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, no one on MTA is watching, right? <laughs> but hurry up, will you? <laughs> Shoot. But right. I mean, the public transit, we fought. So from, we fought for seniors to get uh, fares for free if they're very low income, and kids, little kids, to go to school on that. Stuff like that. We can make anything work, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but, you know, it takes a lot of people organizing. And, you know, I remember the seniors group and our kids, the alleyway youth, 
working together to probably for the first time, you know, yelling at the hearings. We want, you know, it was right. during 20, I forgot when the depression was or economic difficult time, 2010 or yes, whatever. Right. Anyway, 20, but anyway, so there's opportunities and it, it works better, not just from the Chinese or just mm-hmm. the blacks or the Latinos. Right. When we, we work it together, oh, miracles happen. Right, 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 right. And, and I guess the, the president and his infrastructure plan is talking oh, about yeah. Uh, yeah. adding. So We're gonna this, get, this could be helpful. Yes. I mean, I hope we get our share. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. Uh, at the time that that, that T-line was being constructed, I chaired the SFMTA. You were. That's right. <laughs> uh, and... If if one of the first rubrics of development is that, that the project must fit comfortably into the community, that project didn't do that. It required tearing up in front of Macy's. Mm, mm. It required dissecting the black community. Um, parking, third. Uh, uh, oh, you mean the T line? The T line, mm-hmm. third mm-hmm. street. Yeah, 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 yeah. Third mm-hmm. street. Mm-hmm. Businesses this, died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it. A <sighs> lot of nights, a lot of community meetings, a lot of trips back to Washington. Uh, it, it just, to me, is um, such a massive thing that uh, and and so many iterations so many executive right. directors so many mm-hmm. <laughs> change over changes so, and this is a really good point because um we're part of a national group chinatowns across the country and you know streetcars right in the middle cutting killing neighborhoods mm-hmm. like little saigon and uh and where's that? Uh, um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Their Chinatown got split in half. I, I, I remember mm-hmm. that too. So yes, sometimes, whose idea is it? <laughs> is, is it from the community and all that? So the the one part. Um, well, I I guess part of it is the inclusiveness in those hearings that mm-hmm. approve it in the first mm-hmm. place, right? So I don't know. Inclu- and that, and, and any public project, it, it, it is the commission process. Mm. And that commission process adds time, and, but it also is, is geared to, inlo- to allow the community to show up, speak out, and make its wishes known, and to make the commission uh, responsive to it. But it was, it, it was painful on many, many levels because... It was for for the better future, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but the future now has changed. Mm. Uh, you know there is no black community now. Mm-hmm. They're on Third Street. They're down to what six percent, seven percent. I mean, it's just what what the vision was mm. is not is not here now. And so we we hope it's going to be a source of revitalization for Chinatown when it gets ready for the. But it just keeps dragging out, dragging yes. out. Well, it's killing our small business yes, right, right now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. anyway, okay. I, okay. I'm just trying to say is is that <clears throat> it was important at that time for the for the board, for the commission, and for the city to be engaged together in this thing, and that has to be part of what we always advocate. We all have to be involved in this because it's not going to just affect Visitation Valley mm-hmm. and Chinatown. It's got five miles in between. Mm. Now it goes, you know, the stadium has been built. That whole section has been changed. Mm. And right. That community is gone. And you got now UCSF and Kaiser and all that out there. It's changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no housing. It's no. <laughs> right. Right. So two questions anyway. from, uh, from online. I want to get in. Then, we, then we're going to be wrapping up in a few minutes. I know you okay. guys got other things to do. Um, so, to so speak about the pros and cons of land trust 
and affordable housing? We did one. <laughs> okay. Uh, we worked with land trusts on the building. And that, explain what a land trust is. I'm, well, I, I'm not an expert on it. But give I, us the, the back of the envelope. Shared ownership um, among the residents, oh, okay. too. And, uh, on this case, anyway. And sometimes it's depending on who the residents are and whether they want to get their kids in later on to take over. And so I'm there. It, it's hard too. the idea. I love it. Mm-hmm. Right. Shared land ownership. Uh, it's just very hard to implement uh, with the association and everyone okay. In, engaged. OK, but we it, it's still positive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall. But I'm not an expert on land trust. But. Anything? I, I, I can't say anything more. I know okay. I've got team members who are you know, desiring that we move in that direction, but mm-hmm. we have not had the opportunity mm-hmm. or capacity to do that. So okay. that's where. OK. Where but overall, it's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. OK. Um, I'm going to make a small adjustment in this question because I think it, it has broader implications. Um, so. There's been an idea floating around called a basic universal income on various kinds of things like that. Mm. There's a child tax credit, these things Mm. that basically says that, you know, if you're an American citizen, you deserve some basic level of support. So this question really is, what kind of practical things can be done, incentives given, to make it more possible for black, brown people to really live in our in our cities, uh, because we've just talked about this hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy thousand dollars, whatever it is, and uh, I think there's been some experiments locally, even out in Richmond. If you just just gave someone five hundred dollars a month, uh, it seemed to have made a big difference for them in terms of their ability to get jobs and transport and take care of themselves. So what do you think about incentives that could help reshape how we live in these cities? Uh, I have the real good fortune, and it's really a pleasure to serve on the human services Mm. agency. And and under Director Rohr, the, the agency has instituted its equity and justice training and doing a wonderful jo- um, job on that. We're really looking at how, how to provide maybe a safety net more mm-hmm. than an incentive, but, but some way to, to try to help move people from services to, to participation, employment, and, and involvement. And, and we have certain job trainings, technical. We have assistance that... You can be uh, uh, stipend while you're working, but but they're just they're just small and, and trying to get a, a model out there developed that 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 can be looked at and adjusted. That that's but that's a city agency right. carrying it you know carrying it forward within the context of the, the city's general budget and state right, and so forth. Right, right. But, you know, something yeah, like right, that, right. I, I'm really proud of that work mm-hmm. being done by, by the mm-hmm. agency mm-hmm. To, to, to help um, um, 60% of median and so on and so forth families try to find a way to participate. Yeah. Norman, so, you want to comment on it? I'm thinking little kid now. Mm-hmm. My first uh, job... Well, no, not my first job. I did other things. But in high school, I was getting in a little bit of trouble. Nothing you can write about. Right, okay, right. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, all, yeah. but they, the war on poverty in EOC came into San Francisco. And they would pay me to be a volunteer working with youth. I get money. I needed money. My parents sure. were poor. My, my, sure. my dad never made it out of a you know, janitor cook, farm worker. My mom worked Chinatown all her life. That's why I do it too. But I remember getting uh, uh, the government subsidized to get kids off the streets. I think it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like incentives to do, you know, so I was placed at Camelos where mm-hmm. a community center where I ended up being a pastor for and working for them. Mm-hmm. So it led 
It was positive. I like consensus. I don't know about Andrew Yang, 2,000 per person. Yeah, kind yeah, of, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I had a meeting this morning with uh, Cheryl Davis and, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and uh, Kate from the OEWD. And they were saying that there are, there are programs right now that they wish people would sign up for. Yeah. They get paid yeah. and get job training. Yeah. And, but people aren't signing up for it. And then some people are critical because, wait, you're going to pay this this punk to do this, you know, like, but no, I'm a punk. I was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to deal with crime, you want to put people to work, I'm all for it. Incentives are fine. I think great, it's great. Great, great. Okay. So here's our, our, our final question here. Um, and this is just a, to get us to sort of think in the future a little bit. Um, and you know, let's say we're 10 years out, 15 years out, whatever number you want. But, if, if our cities really did become more inclusive and, mm. and equitable, and when we saw things e- evolving, right, what would you like to, to see? I mean, is there anything you can say, you know, we really would like to see this, or, or what is it that, that gives us that positive lean into the yeah. future? I, 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 I'm going to jump in first this time. Sure. I know the governor announced ethnic studies for all high schools. Mm. I've always wanted that. At least the kids can know and love each other's stories. Um, so in the future, I'm hoping for a new day. I, I do have hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't know some of the history of you know, other communities. And, and people are based on prejudice because of the old school stuff that's Hidden like, like like when San Jose apologized. Oh yeah, we we did burn down five Chinatowns. I mean, I mean that's a, kind of like important. <laughs> uh, but if we know the truth, and mm. and and I think it's gonna create a whole new social culture mm-hmm. Role, mm-hmm. W- way of uh, understanding, and and uh, we need that. We really need that now. Okay. You asking what I like to see. Uh, yesterday, I officiated a funeral for a wonderfully powerful woman. But in in the celebration, it was spoken about you know how she was the first African American woman to do this and to work at this and to do that. But what touched me was to hear all of the young people now in their 30s and 40s who came to the mic and spoke about the community she helped create for all of them to grow up in. One of the reasons why I believe housing, affordable housing, any housing is critical because without it, you cannot have community. It's it's harder. (laughs) It's hard to create community when I'm living in a 50-story building and I got one little cubicle and I got to come in and go. And I, uh, Community gets created as equal folks with the same around the table and I'm in and out of his house and he's in and out of my house and Mary down the street, we're seeing her, we're with community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there, there were, I, I was reading Sam Davis's a uh, piece on affordable housing, and he says this, affordable housing, one, must fit comfortably into community. Second, it must bestow pride and a sense of self-sufficiency. Third, it must assimilate people into community. And then fourthly, it must elevate individuals and the local institutions, facilities. That's what I, I, I want to see projects that like do that. that. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Uh, up and down the state, yeah. throughout the city. As we think about what's new we're going to do, that we have some of this in the root of how, of how we're thinking. Great, yeah. great. Please join me in thanking our speakers tonight, Reverend Norman Fong and Reverend James Kirkcray. Thank you so much. All right.
Join us November 19th at 6 p.m. Pacific time for a virtual fundraising gala and celebrate the leadership of women in science and medicine. Make a donation to the Commonwealth Club and support our critical mission to provide balanced civil dialogue on society's most challenging issues. Text CLUB2021 to 41444 to register and donate today. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to commonwealthclub.org donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support.